Bill O'Reilly. Welcome to the No Spin News for Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Stand up for your country. So I'm doing a lot of radio today, um, analyzing the Biden press conference yesterday. We were live. I hope you saw that. If you're premium or concierge members to BillOReilly.com, you can see it anytime you want. We do have a clip of it for everyone to watch on BillOReilly.com. We hope you do. Now, we're going to do a little subset today about it, advance the story somewhat. I'm not going to be repetitious. Um, I'll give you the big picture on it, and uh, then we'll get into some interesting uh, sound bites. First off, uh, the president had three things on his schedule today. He met with the Infrastructure Implementation Task Force. Wow, that's say that five times. Infrastructure Implant... M- <laughs> implementation infrastructure implementation task force wow that's impressive title then he met with the science and technology advisors and then uh, this evening he had virtual remarks at a democratic grassroots event so busy day for joe biden after yesterday's uh, whatever that was um New poll out this morning, Associated Press, obviously a left-leaning organization, and uh, they polled 1,161 adults, 47% Democrats, 36% Republicans. So it's a bogus poll right off the jump. These people are never going to learn. So when you're 11 points down from one party to another, it's not an honest poll, you pinheads. Associated Press. Anyway, they asked, do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job? Approved 43 percent, disapproved 56. And the Associated Press was like, oh, this is so bad. No, that's not. That's a pretty good poll compared to some of the other polls Biden's had. Now, the same question was asked a year ago. And Biden had a 61 percent approval rating a year ago. Now it's 43. So by any measure, The first year of Joe Biden's presidency has not been successful in the eyes of the people he's governing. The folks, you and me. I'm one of the folks. All right. So most people thought that the press conference was a disaster, but not all. There was an article on a Fox News website of all places from a Democrat who helped Joe Biden run for president. He said it was a triumph. It just reminded me of Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob during the Iraq war? We are winning the war. Oh, is that a tank? Uh, just passed by with an American flag on it. So, you know, if you think that that press conference was a triumph, you're Baghdad Bob. That's who you are. Um, but there were varying degrees. And as I told Sean Hannity on the radio today, and we have that posted on BillOReilly.com, it's too easy. It's too easy to disparage Joe Biden. All right. So I'm I'm doing it in a kind of trying to be a little humorous about it. But at the same time, it's a little frightening that we have a president so disassociated from reality. It's a little frightening. So one guy who knows about politics is David Axelrod. He's one of the few people on CNN who will actually speak his mind. Most of them, they go in, they're told what to say, they spit it out. But not Axelrod. Here's what he said. Go. I think you got to look back at this and some of the questions and some of his answers toward the end of this and ask whether that was the right strategy. And look, this is an issue. Uh, I mean, uh, 
uh, you know, how you use Biden is a constant challenge. He's got some real gifts, uh, particularly for empathy, which I think he right. didn't use very well today. Uh, and, but, you know, uh, he also has limitations and uh, they wanted to prove that he could stand up to it. Very astute. Biden should have done an hour, maybe an hour 10, not one hour, 47 minutes. Okay, because at the end, it was just like he didn't know what he was saying. The White House press corps and I told the radio guys today they should have government funded daycare for these White House press guys. You see, some of them are 12 years old. I I, I mean, it's a stunning decline in the White House press corps. Now, there are some smart people in there. I'm not disparaging all of them, but give me a break. No questions about violent crime surge, no questions about the border, no question about voter ID. I mean, come on, you know, 17 minutes on Putin? Really? Do we really need 17 minutes on Putin? Okay, so if I had to put a label on this press conference and put it in a little jar, I would say that Joe Biden is out of touch, perhaps delusional. Perhaps delusional. All right, here's a backup for that. This was almost shocking on unification of the country. Go. Is the country more unified than when you first took office? Uh, the answer is, based on some of the stuff we've got done, I'd say yes, but it's not nearly unified as it should be. Yes, the country's unified. Every blank and poll. <laughs> Americans are at each other's throats because of politics. No, no, I'd say yes. Second, okay, minority vote. Um, this is big for Joe Biden and Democratic Party. They're suppressing the minority vote. Doesn't matter. There have been record turnouts from African-American precincts. Doesn't matter. More people voted for president last time around than in any other time in history. You're suppressing the vote. Roll it. I think if, in fact, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote, I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to vote. How hard they're making it for minorities to vote? What? How? How are they making it hard? By asking for an identification before you cast a ballot? See, this is when you, when you say stuff like that, the press corps, what do you, how? How are they making it hard? It just drives me nuts. Okay, next one. Um, I injected in this a little humor because, and I'm going to deal with this more at the end of the broadcast today. You don't want to get too cynical, all right, or too angry or frustrated. Everyone knows Joe Biden is not governing well. Now, whether they'll admit it or not doesn't matter. Anybody paying attention knows he's having a tremendous amount of trouble. So as on WABC with Sid Rosenberg this morning, WABC carries our podcast at 9 p.m. every night. Uh, Very nice of them to do that. And here's what I said. Go. Now, I have a contest on BillOReilly.com. And the contest is you get a free copy of Killing the Mob if you have been suppressed. All right? Just 
contact me because I don't know anybody who's been suppressed. Do you know anyone who's been suppressed? I don't. And in fact, you know, if you... we have record voting last right, time. right, record voting. So there's, I guess, there's got to be somebody somewhere has been suppressed. <laughs> and if you have, and you get in touch with me, you get a free book. <laughs> and that offer stands. I just want one human being in America who is denied the right to vote or you had to do something extraordinary to go, I just want, just give me one. See, it's the biggest con in the world. What a con. So here's back up to that. All right. Scott Rasmussen took a poll last October. All right. 1,200 registered voters. And he asked African-Americans in that group, do you favor or oppose requiring voters to show photo ID before casting a ballot? Just African-American voters on this one. 78% favor. (laughs) 17% oppose. Okay. And then the net, Everybody, not just African-Americans, 85% of Americans favor photo IDs, 12% oppose. So why is the Democratic Party putting up this fake fraud about voter suppression? My God. Inflation hurting us all. Um, There's a study, some study out of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton Business School says the average working home in America pays $5,000 more today than it did a year ago for stuff. $5,000. That's a lot. Okay, here's what Joe Biden said would solve inflation. The bottom line, if price increases are what you're worried about, the best answer is my Build Back Better plan. So somebody needs to tell President Biden the Build Back Better plan didn't make it. Vote it down. Okay? It's not going to happen. Now, you could come back, but how would spending $2 trillion help inflation? <laughs> how would that help it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. By the way, the highest inflation in the USA since 1982. So Joe Biden believes what he wants to believe, just like many of us. Many, that's not a liberal conservative thing. People believe what they want to believe, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or independents. They have a tendency to believe what they want to believe. Many, and I hope most Americans, can change their opinion based on facts. But some will never change. All right? They're going to believe what they want to believe. Biden's in the latter category. You don't give him any. Um, you don't give him any wiggle room because he's he's just gonna tell you. That's what I told Hannity. Say, you could ask him anything. And he's gonna say hey, we did remarkably well. Okay, that you know, roll that soundbite. Go. Am I satisfied with the way in which we have dealt with uh, um, COVID and all the things that? Uh, that, that go along with that. Yeah, I am satisfied. I think we've done remarkably well. There's 750,000 cases a day. <laughs> that's more. That's 
that's like 65% more than it was this time, and he does remarkably well, and they don't have enough masks and testing kits, and they don't have enough medicine, and you've done it remarkably well. You guys didn't anticipate anything. Biden administration didn't anticipate Omicron or anything else. They should have stockpiled. They didn't. But we've done remarkably well. Yay, yay. Okay, so no matter what it is, his administration has done excellent work. And all the problems in the country can be laid upon three institutions, COVID, Trump, or the Republican Party. That's it. Those three, they've, they've done everything bad. He's done everything good. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD, to 65532. Uh, the only cogent answer, and I said this last night in the live broadcast, was on Russia. So Biden said, look, if Putin invades, and I know we did the uh, incursion, th- but I understood what he was saying. If, if Putin sends 10 Russian troops in, the European countries aren't going to hammer him. That's what it was kind of about. All right, so I'm giving him a pass on that. Nobody else is, but I am. So I want to be fair. But Biden's answer was pretty good. Putin goes into Ukraine, all American banking stops with Russia. That means they can't trade in dollars and the economy collapses. I said that years ago when Putin was giving people trouble. Okay. Um, The election bill died. You know that. 5149, Mansion and Cinema, Democratic Senate voted against uh, the filibuster to knock it out. And so they can't get 60 votes to advance the crazy election bill. And it is crazy because it doesn't have voter ID in it. And it doesn't have anything about Zuckerberg and his uh, oligarchs spending hundreds of millions of dollars to try to tilt elections. Remember that story? $430 million by Marky Mark into a few selected areas where the Democrats knew it was going to be tight against Trump? Remember that? Hiring a bunch of people to go all over and canvas and bundle and do whatever they want to do. Okay, where is that in the election bill? Doesn't exist. So, I'm a simple man. And I wanted a guy to explain really what's happening in the election situation because we have the midterms coming up very soon. So, you remember... Phil Klein, he was the uh, attorney general of Kansas between 2003, 2007. He was on the factor a bunch of times. 
Well, he's now the director of the Amistad Project, and he teaches at Liberty University. He joins us now from Charlottesville, Virginia. So let's begin, Phil, because I know you're an expert at this. You're following this. You're worried about it. Let's begin with Zuckerberg. The corporate media is not going to report the Zuckerberg story, just simply blacking it out, not telling the folks. What exactly did he do? He put $469 million into two nonprofits who then entered core election offices in swing states and essentially took over the offices and managed the election. So you had private interests managing the elections all the way from ballot design to how the ballots would be counted, to who's working for government, to voter turnout efforts, the whole thing. Now, I reported that part of this money went to people, salaries, so that they could go to homes, nursing homes, things like that, and actually tell people how to cast their ballot, maybe even who to vote for. Is there evidence of that? Absolutely. And there's also evidence that they targeted a specific profile of voter. They used the sophisticated technology of geofencing, Bill. You know how you take all the data about a person from their purchases and cell phones and their Facebook posts and all of that. You put it together. You predict their behavior. Advertising does this all the time. And they identified likely Biden voters. They sent government officials out there to go get them. Okay, when you say go get them, they actually knocked on doors. They entered residences and buildings and they coached and people nursing on homes. how to vote. I, absolutely. They call them voter navigators. As so, if it's complex. At a polling place, it's a felony to electioneer, to tell anybody how to vote, yes. to do anything like that. You can't do it. But it's legal for these navigators to go into private homes with mail-in ballots, bundle them up, actually take them to the polling places themselves. That's all legal, correct? Well, our, our position is that it's not because it, they dedicated these monies into government offices to have government play a favorite and benefit one candidate over the other. And that's illegal under various statutes. It just takes time to develop the evidence after an election and to prove the point because they're not confessing to it. So you have to go to their own emails, their own expenditure of records and all those reports. And that's what we do. We, we litigate and we investigate and come up with the answers. And we're confident saying that all of this flow of money was to benefit Mr. Biden and how it was, was used in government. Now, Bill, as you know, campaigns do this stuff all the time. That's fine. That's fair game. But when you have government officials doing it, that's government playing favorites. And, you know, they're talking suppress the vote. The opposite side of the same coin is for government to get involved and make certain people vote and make sure they vote. You know, so that's what saying, happened back in Jim Crow. You're saying that when Zuckerberg pumped all this money into the two supposedly nonprofits, the nonprofits selected various government officials. All right. To supervise the votes. And they were all Democrats or 90 percent of them were. Correct? Yeah, they targeted specific areas where they knew there were potential Biden voters. They did it by looking at the Hillary Clinton undervote. You know, Hillary lost a lot of Democrats. And they put money in there to bring those Democrats, make sure that they voted. And it's government that carried it out. But, Bill, it's so bad. You go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, 
the election clerk who has the responsibility to run the election was moved aside and a private activist with a group called the National Voted Home Institute actually managed the count, had the keys to the counting center and decided how things were going to, to happen because the mayor of Green Bay put him in there. And the mayor is not supposed to supervise the election. The elections clerk is. This, this happened everywhere they knew they had to turn out the vote for Biden. So Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Detroit, Green Bay, I can go on and on. Anybody else besides Zuckerberg, he's the big gun with 469 million. That's up 39 million from what I have, but I, I trust your stats are correct. Any other of these super wealthy individuals involved with this kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we have tracked. Now, this is in direct money or expertise. OK, they also provide people at no cost to actually manage the election or run the election in these areas. It's over one point seven billions in the lead up to 2020 and the actual election that they did. All right. So the bill of voting reform act should have contained a provision by this is illegal. You can't have private money involved in a public vote and there has to have voter ID. Neither of those things were in the Democrat bill, correct? Yeah, you're correct. They wanted to do they want to do it again. You think you're going to be able to do it again? Now, 19 states, and I know Arizona in particular has outlawed any private money going into any public voting. They passed a law. 19 states have reform voting laws somewhat. But that leaves um, 31 states who haven't done nothing. That's right. And some of those 19 states did it wrong, and they actually achieved the opposite of what they claimed or intended to. Um, a perfect example is Georgia. Georgia said no private money unless it's appropriated by a county or a city. Well, the problem with what has happened is that money was appropriated by the city. Yeah. You know, one of our key aspects, Bill, is we treat every voter the same and we should treat every ballot the same. And when you've got a city spending uh, $47 a voter like Green Bay to turn them out to vote, and it's a Democrat stronghold, and you go to a Republican area that's been shut down because of the leftist governor's emergency orders, and they have $7 to make sure people vote, you have a different treatment. Well, that's, that's what happened what in happened. Fulton County, Atlanta. That's what happened there. Absolutely. The Democrats controlled the whole voting apparatus and shockingly, Biden won 85 percent of the vote or whatever it was. All right, Phil, look, I want you to do me a favor between now and the midterms. If you see corruption, you got to be specific, got to name the names just like you did today. Just call us. We'll throw you right on because we believe that we have to have honest elections and we applaud the work you're doing. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Phil. Good to see you. Supreme Court. Now, this is a kind of complicated story here. So the headline in uh, the Associated Press was Trump loses his bid to shield presidential records from January 6th. And that's what the whole press ran with, even at right wing press. OK, not so much. Number one, they say it was a nine to one decision. That's not right. It, they didn't vote on it. The Supreme Court basically said they aren't going to overturn a lower federal court that ruled 
Trump has got to give up, all right, documentation about January 6th, which is being held in the National Archives. So the Supreme Court didn't rule on executive privilege. And as I've told you, that Barack Obama signed an executive order, still in effect, that allows a president who leaves office to still have executive privilege. That is still in effect. Supreme Court didn't, didn't real, uh, rule on that. Now, whether the Trump people will refile in a more targeted way and just do executive privilege, I don't know. I don't know if they'll do it or not. As for now, the National Archives has to give up some of the documentation that the president was involved with on January 6th. Meetings, conversations, phone calls, things like that. Now, I assume it's going to be heavily redacted um, because of national security, whatever it may be. So I'm following this, but it's not exactly what has been recorded. I don't know what the Trump people are going to do, if anything. I'd like to see what, what the president did myself on January 6th. I know what he told me he did, but I'd like to see it. Um, but it has to be in context. You know, I mean, what's going to happen is they dump these documents out and you're going to cherry pick it. New York Times will take it out of context. You know what they'll do. It's tough. Great Reset. Have you heard about the Great Reset? Okay. Now, I'm not a conspiracy guy, and, and I have never in my entire life seen a conspiracy that came to fruition. And I'm the expert. I did Killing Kennedy. We had to knock out 20, 30 conspiracies on that book. And we did it. And all the documentation is there about Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. So I know what I'm doing here, and I'm not a conspiracy guy. But the Great Reset is a theory that very powerful and wealthy individuals all over the world are joining together to have a one-world economy. I don't think that includes China and Russia, because they're not going to do that. But in the free nations, so-called free nations, these people want to control the economy. Shadowy people. They show up in Davos, Switzerland once a year. Now, Glenn Beck has a book called The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Book's doing very well on Amazon. I'm going to be on Beck tomorrow. Um, and he says in his book that Soros and all these people are, are, because if the economy is controlled by the oligarchs, they're very wealthy. That means you're dependent on them. And that's what Biden and the Democrats want. They want Americans to be dependent on the federal government. And many are. Millions are. And they want everybody to be. So I just figured the, I, I got to deal. I get a lot of letters about the Great Reset. So there it is. So the Olympics are shaping up to be one big disaster. And they're going to start in two weeks uh, in China. Okay. So the Chinese have rounded up uh, two human rights activists, detained them. That means they're in some kind of prison cell someplace. So they don't want anybody protesting about their terrible human rights record in China. So they're sweeping people off the street. Meantime, NBC says we're not going to send any announcers to watch the sporting events in China. All right. They're going to analyze what happens in Connecticut. <laughs> it's a little far away. So they'll be watching the pictures come in. The announcers will be. It's not the same here. This looks like a disaster to me. February 4th to the 20th, 16 days, Winter Olympics in China. All right, here's something interesting. This day in history, 
a whole bunch of presidential inaugurations. All right, FDR, Kennedy, Nixon, Reagan, Obama, Trump, Biden. On this day, all right, January 20th. So I put together, my staff put together, um, all of the presidents, we took a little smidgen of their remarks. Go. In the days and the years that are to come, we shall work for a just and honorable peace, a durable peace, as today we work and fight for total victory in war. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. The simple things are the ones most needed today if we are to surmount what divides us and cement what unites us. To lower our voices would be a simple thing. In these difficult years, America has suffered from a fever of words, from inflated rhetoric that promises more than it can deliver, from angry rhetoric that fans discontents into hatreds. In this present crisis, Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. On this day, we gather because we have chosen hope over fear, unity of purpose over conflict and discord. On this day, we come to proclaim an end to the petty grievances and false promises, the recriminations and worn-out dogmas that for far too long have strangled our politics. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. All right. So all of those inaugural speeches held today on January 20th, the longest was Joe Biden. 21 minutes. The shortest was Franklin Roosevelt, just six minutes in the middle of World War II. Okay, so I've got a clip of me on the radio that I think you're going to want to hear uh, in the final thought and a good mail segment. First, we'll take a quick break. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day 
and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, The Truth. All right, let's go to the mail. We got Chris Ann Gordon in Dublin, Ohio. Thank you very much, Mr. O'Reilly, for the informative, honest review of Mr. Biden's conference. It was so respectful of you to us, the viewers, to make this a live broadcast. You are holding the nation together with every honest Internet or radio broadcast you do. Well, thank you, Chris Ann. That's really a nice letter to write me. Um, the only reason I'm doing this is because I love my country. And I love you guys, and I want the best for you. And because we stay ahead of everything and we bring you information that will help you and protect you, I continue to do it. Gerald Zangerli, Cuero, Texas. Thank you, Mr. O'Reilly. I've been following your news coverage for years, and your analysis of Biden's press conference was amazing. Excellent fact-based reporting. If more Americans could hear your reportage, I have to think there would be a real accounting of the dishonest media coverage. Well, we're reaching millions of people here, Gerald, but we can always reach more. So spread the word. Give concierge memberships, premium memberships for BillOReilly.com to your friends. Charles, message board. Uh, Biden's energy policy causes inflation. High energy affects the entire economy. Absolutely right. Biden blames it on COVID and all this other business. It's him. He did it. Trump had COVID. We didn't have supply line problems. We didn't have inflation. You think the press would point that out, right? No. Brad, most dispiriting is that Mr. Biden remains hostage to his fantasy narrative on voter suppression. He even refused to say November's elections will be legitimate. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, Donald Trump did that too. But I am going to make it my duty to investigate all of this stuff before the midterms. Peter Lavori, Melbourne, Florida. Bill, not one question about the border or about crime. Because the White House press corps isn't smart enough or they're too corrupt. It was shocking. Loretta Tell, Carterville, Illinois. Mr. O'Reilly, press conference so frustrating. Mr. Biden is shifting and not giving direct answers to the questions. Plus, he's doing it in slow motion. It was a long slog. Uh, it was long. Sharon, perhaps for the first time ever, I must disagree with you, Bill, regarding James Rosen's question about Joe's cognitive issues. It's a question we would all like to hear an answer to. But you didn't hear an answer to it, Sharon. Mr. Biden blew him off because he made a mistake. And I like Rosen. Rosen's a smart guy. And I said this to Sean Hannity. You lead with the poll. You say, Mr. President, this poll questions your cognitive abilities. What's your reaction to it? He's probably not going to answer it anyway, but you lead hard news rather than making it personal. James Holmes, Smithfield, Rhode Island. Do you believe the Democrats want to continue pressing the COVID panic in order to justify mail-in ballots? Maybe. It's a theoretical question. Maybe. 
All right. They certainly uh, hurt Trump with the covid last time around. No doubt about it. And Smith, Port Jefferson, New York, out here in Long Island. Mr. O, thanks for the free autograph killing patent book that came with my premium membership and for all your hard work. Somehow I missed reading Killing Patent. How, how did that happen? One of the best killing books, Patent. I just saw the movie the other night. Again, fabulous film. Jim Segley, Virginia Beach. Just finished my sixth killing book, Killing England. I never learned half of what you wrote in a book about the Revolutionary War growing up. No, you're not. You want to know about your country? Read all the killing books. You'll know about your country. Okay, word of the day. I love this word, and I hadn't used it in a long time. Do not be a quidnunk. Q-U-I-D-N-U-N-C. Don't be a quidnunk. Back with a, uh, I think it's pretty amusing, thing we did on the radio this morning. Okay, so uh, every Thursday I go on WABC Radio, which is our flagship station. Uh, We have more than 300 radio stations across the country. We do the O'Reilly Update during the day. We do a morning update. WABC takes this broadcast at 9 p.m. And uh, this morning I was with Sid Rosenberg, Bernie and Sid. um, And I said to Rosenberg, let's do something a little bit different. I'll be President Biden. You be the White House press corps and ask me questions. Roll the tape. Okay, you ask me questions just like they did in the press conference. Go. Okay. Uh, There are some people that were offended that you described them as Jefferson Davis and Wallace because of their stance on the Georgia voting rights and the filibuster. Uh, Did you say that? And you felt better you offended those people? No, I never said that. Um, I, I said they may be drafted by the 49ers next year. That was my initial comment. I was talking about the NFL. Next question. Uh, next question. The, the southern border, it's become a complete mess. Why is that the case? Because of tourism. We want these people to come in. We want them to go to the hotels and Burger King. And this has really, really ignited the economy, which is the best economy the world has ever seen. And it's not even close. It's tourism. Okay. These are great answers. Uh, COVID. uh, How is that whole COVID deal going for you, Bill O'Reilly? Where's the country at with that? Hey, I think we got to firm up here, Sid. I think we got to get tough. So you have the sniffles. I mean, what's the problem? We can't be spending all this money. And I'm going to send everybody a mask. And not only that, I'm sending the National Guard to your house to put the mask on you. All right? That's what we're doing here. What's the next question? Well, it seems like, at least on paper here, that Putin and Russia are very, very close to invading the Ukraine. They've amassed about 200,000 troops. What's your stance on that, and what's going to happen to Putin if, in fact, he does that? Look, look, Putin, if he goes in and he takes the country over, so what? (laughs) Who cares? Ukraine, I don't know where it is. Can you find it on a map? I don't Kazakhstan, Ukraine. Why are we bothering? We have voter suppression here. We have suppression in this country. What do we bother with Ukraine? All right, so the point of this is we got to have a little humor here. You can't lose your sense of humor. You can't get bitter. You can't get disappointed in your country. It's, it's going to be ruined. It's never coming back. It is going to come back. Now, we have to upgrade our politicians. There's no doubt we have to. All right, we have to update ourselves and seek the truth, not propaganda. Propaganda is taking deep root. But you got to have a sense of humor about it. Because if you don't, 
then you descend into an area of, I'm not going to use the word evil, but you're willing to hurt other people. So I've been a target ever since I started doing political analysis on a national level. I mean, these people have just attacked me and my family in every way you can. And they're gutter snipes. They're horrible people. All right. And I know who they are. I could tell you, I give you a list right now. Okay. And I knew that that was going to happen. I was well paid. I took it, you know, and eventually it, it evolved out of control. Okay. And then I just said, see you later. I'm going to start my own news agency, which I've done. Okay. But it's bitter. It's not going to get any better. But I don't want you, the O'Reilly listener and viewer, to do that. I don't want you to get hateful. I don't want you to despair. I want you to keep a sense of humor. That's why I did this with Sid Rosenberg, who's the greatest guy, by the way. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I mean, that show is rocketing in New York, and I'm happy to be part of it. Um, But it's very important you think about what I'm saying here. It's bad. It's bad. Joe Biden's a bad president. He's not going to get any better. He's not. He's going to get whacked in November. Not going to be able, the Democrats are not going to be able to pass anything. So it's going to be a stalemate for two years. Then we'll have the presidential sweepstakes and nobody knows what's going to happen there. But the progressive movement is on the verge of collapse. That's a good thing. Because those people, they're not looking out for you or me. They want power to control everything we do. Everything we do. That's what the progressive movement is. And along with Biden, it is in trouble. So you're going to see them lash out even more. But we don't want to do that back. We want to be firm. We want to report the truth. We want to spread the word. But we want to retain our senses of humor about it. I mean, look, as I said at the top of the broadcast, with Biden's press conference, it's too easy. You can rip them up. It's not even, you know, it's like Trump. Uh, They went after Trump. And they just made up stuff about them, Russian collusion, you know what the living told me. And it was easy to do it. Easy. He's a devil. He's horrible. His family's horrible. To this day, they keep doing it. Well, some on the right, some Republicans are doing the same thing to Biden. Right? I don't hate Joe Biden. I kind of feel sorry for the man. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the worst presidents ever. Unless there's a miracle, all right? Unless Jesus comes down, you know, and and starts to run American policy. Because this man cannot do it. But things will change. Things will get better. COVID will subside, okay? In the meantime, people will get hurt. But again, do not get bitter. Keep your sense of humor. Thank you for watching us tonight. Got a new column coming up on the progressive movement on Sunday, and we'll see you on Monday.